0: The words of consideration that we have for our sermon today come from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone, and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile men. This is the word of our God. Faith comes from hearing the message. and The message is heard through the word of Christ. It should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me that I consider myself a runner. And even though I've been running far less without the motivation of a race to train for, I still identify as a runner. It's been like this way since my dad got me into running when I was just a little kid. Now imagine my delight when I discovered that the Bible talks about running as well. It talks about running our race, comparing the training that an athlete goes through with the training of a Christian, with the finish line being heaven. And it's that picture of life being like a race that I want you to have in your mind as we take a look at our next topic in this Travel Light series. Because that's where Hebrews chapter 12 starts. Hebrews chapter 12 starts, and this was one of my early favorite passages, like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out. For us, it's this verse that sets the stage for why and how to run a race. We can run our race when we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. In the later verses, it talks more directly about what hindrances and sins we should throw off. And one of those sins is the sin of bitterness. Let go of your bitterness." Now oftentimes when we read the Bible, there can be a temptation to see it as a book of good advice. But if that's all that we're seeing, we really are entering into the middle of the story. We aren't getting the full picture. And that's what's happening in the verses that we consider closely today, verses 14 and 15 of chapter 12. And so we see wonderful phrases like pursuing peace with everyone. Certainly nothing wrong with that. Take care that no bitter root grows up. Again, some good advice. Wonderful things to hear. But before we hear those words, we need to know why those words were even said in the first place. They need to be said because bitterness is all around us. We carry around bitterness in bagfuls. And the dangerous thing is, sometimes we don't even realize we're doing this. Bitterness happens when people experience a hurt. When people are disappointed. When people are offended by something that someone has done or said. Now all of this starts hidden away in the heart. All of this starts growing unknowingly just as a root grows underneath the surface. Perhaps without even knowing it, you have begun to harbor bitterness in your own heart. That root of bitterness doesn't stay underground forever. It breaks the surface and produces some disastrous fruit. You've seen it all around you, I'm sure of it. There can be a bitter person in your place of work. Maybe a coworker or or a customer, that person that's always complaining, always griping about something or, or about something that someone did to them. Is that person really fun to be around? I don't think so. Or that person could be someone in your own family. Someone in your own family that makes it difficult to, to get together at family gatherings, if not entirely impossible. Or perhaps that bitter person is someone at church, someone that makes church less enjoyable for you and perhaps might even lead you to not come to church as often as you otherwise would. Now I'm sure you can picture someone in your head that you're saying, oh boy, I really hope they hear this sermon, or oh boy, I can't wait to share this with them. One of the things we need to be wary of is that the sin of bitterness is one of the most difficult sins to recognize in ourselves, one of the most difficult sins to see in the mirror. Why is that? Because when you are bitter, you feel justified in how you feel. Because after all, the only reason you're feeling bitter is because of what someone else has done to you. It's what someone else has said. I'm only angry because of them, not because I'm an angry person or a bitter person. And while bitterness does stick out, like a sore thumb, at most times of the year, it's a glaring sin, especially at this time of the year. And not just because everybody's in a happier and more merry mood, but for Christians, too. What do we celebrate at Christmas? We celebrate the love of God as He sent His one and only Son. And as we're celebrating that love, if we have bitterness in our heart, we're not being able to show that love to someone else. Bitterness turns me inward, my own feeling, instead of seeing how my feelings are affecting those around me. Like I said, bitterness is so easy to see in others, but is more difficult to find in ourselves. Do we find ourselves holding on to a grudge? Do we find ourselves carrying a hurt, nursing an offense? Even worse, do we enjoy clinging to bitterness? Do we enjoy holding on to that grudge as if somehow that's making us feel more powerful? Or perhaps that gives an excuse for why my life isn't the way that I feel like it should be? We feel bitter when we've been offended. Even if the offense actually didn't happen, as long as we feel that it happened, then it's true for us. But I want us to take a step back. I want us to take a step back and and think about how our bitterness has affected those around us. And specifically, I want you to think about how your bitterness has affected God. Have you done any actions that should have made God bitter towards you?" We can look back to the beginning, when God created the world, created Adam and Eve, gave them everything that they wanted, gave them one simple command, don't eat from a particular tree. And yet, they did. Would God have reason to be bitter? at Adam and Eve? Yeah, I think so. Or fast forward a couple hundred years to the time of Noah, the guy who built that big boat. The Bible describes that time as a time when the inclination of man was only evil all of the time. Now fast forward to today. Have your actions given God reason to be bitter towards you? When God asks, why haven't you spent more time with me? And we make all sorts of excuses about our life being so busy, or we have too many activities with the kids, or or this, that, and the other thing, could God be bitter with us over that? Yeah. Or, when God asks us, when will you finally stop playing with fire? I told you that sin is dangerous, and yet you keep going back to it again and again and again, and we just have the excuse, it's not hurting anyone. It's not really that dangerous. I can stop whenever I want. Does God have reason to be bitter over that? Yes, he does. And as we look through our life, we look through our actions, as we look through our Words. the better question to ask, perhaps, is what have I done that hasn't made God bitter? Because when we examine the Bible, we see that even our righteous acts, the things that we try to do that are good, even these are filthy rags. There's nothing that we have said, there's nothing that we can do That would make God not bitter toward us, because we are by nature sinful. Each and every action we take, each and every step we make, is an offense to God. Each and every action falls short of the grace of God. Each and every action causes bitterness, or at least it should cause bitterness, in God's heart. And yet what does God do? Instead of showing bitterness towards us, God shows love. He sent Jesus into this world to absorb every ounce of bitterness, to remove every offense, to eliminate every reason God had to be bitter. He has forgiven it all. God has taken away every reason we have to be bitter. Both against him and against one another. And so let go of bitterness. Instead of bitterness, try forgiveness. Someone once said to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover the prisoner was you. Our God has already forgiven our sins, it's about time you do too. And this is what Hebrews 12 is talking about. Christ is the one who has not only given us the reason, but also the strength to do what is written in Hebrews chapter 12. To run that race. To pursue peace with everyone. And the reason we can do that is because God has established peace with us. We can take care that no bitter root grows up. Our life no longer needs to be fueled by bitterness, but it needs to be fueled by pursuing peace, by pursuing forgiveness. And forgiveness is always our. Yet forgiveness is necessary. It was necessary for God to forgive us, and so it is necessary for us to forgive our neighbor. If God could forgive us for the pain and anguish that we have caused him, we can forgive the sins of those who sin against us. Now, I can't help but think of a parable that Jesus told in his ministry about a king who forgave the debt of one of his servants. This servant had a debt of millions of dollars, and the king just wiped it off the books. No more. Yet, what did that forgiven servant go and do? He turned right around and and demanded the debt that another servant owed him. This, just a debt of about a hundred dollars. so easy for us to forget about the forgiveness that God has given us and then we act as if we have somehow been offended beyond measure that that no one can possibly take away that bitterness that we feel. So often we act like that first servant. The servant who has been forgiven the debt of millions but can't forgive a smaller debt. I may not know what someone else has done to you but I know what we have done to God. And if God can forgive us, how much more can we forgive others? Now my life as a runner has had its good days and it's had its not-so-good days. It's had its periods of intensive training and it's had its more relaxing days, less intensive training. But whether I barely find time to get out and run or whether I'm in the midst of a long training run, I still consider myself a runner. I still have the desire to go out and run. And that's another apt comparison between a Christian and a runner. As Christians, we're all in different places in our race. We're all in a different season of life. But whether we're in an intensive training phase or a slightly more relaxed phase, we can still identify as a Christian. We still have the desire to be that Christian, to pursue peace with everyone. And to do that, we must let go of our bitterness, throwing off that which hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and run with perseverance the race marked out for us, pursuing peace and forgiveness. Amen. Now may he who began a good work in you carry it out to completion on the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.